So I'm very, very excited to be sharing my personal testimony with you guys. Uh, how many of you, by just raising your hand, would say that you think you know something about me more than just my name and now the story about the bug zapper? Raise your hand if you know something about me more than that. Wow, that's a lot less than I expected. Okay, so you guys that didn't raise your hand are going to learn a lot tonight. But even those of you that did raise your hand, saying that you know something about me more than just my name, I think that... Uh, in reality, you guys probably don't know all that much about me. So I'm very excited to be sharing my testimony with you guys tonight. And I'm hoping that uh, several things are going to happen. First of all, that, like, obviously, you're going to learn more about me through the stories that I'm sharing. I'm hoping that you're going to learn. Um, I'm sure some of the stories are going to reinforce perceptions that you have of me. But even more so, I'm hoping that some of the stories I share will alter, maybe surprise you guys, and alter your perceptions of me to line it up with reality. So secondly, I'm hoping that you guys will learn things that will encourage you and help you as you are living out your teenage lives. And then lastly, and most importantly, I, my, my prayer is that Jesus would be glorified in this place tonight, um, because really my testimony is not really about me. It's about Jesus and what he's done in me and through me. Amen. So let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll dive into this thing. Father, I just thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord God. I thank you for what you did in junior high, and I thank you for what you're going to do in senior high, Lord God, how you're going to move, how you're going to speak to us. And Jesus, I pray above all that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so let's go ahead and get the important stuff out of the way, the stuff I know you all have been dying to know. So start kind of with a list of some of my favorite things. So my favorite color is green. My favorite Disney movie when I was a kid was Aladdin. There you go. I got my favorite candy bar is a Butterfinger. My favorite um, sport was tennis. I played that in middle and high school. My favorite musician or artist is the Christian rock band Skillet. Uh, only charisma in the house. I know there's more panheads out there, but anyway. All right. My favorite TV show, and hopefully this isn't too controversial, was The Cosby Show. I loved that growing up. And there you go. My favorite verse was Philippians 1.21, which says, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And then, fun fact for you guys, I was the co-leader for the drama team my senior year of high school. This is a picture of us, the team. And uh, you guys can see me. That was our whole team. And uh, I was the co-leader over that. This wasn't like theater. This wasn't like Shakespeare, Treshawn. This was more like uh, spiritual skits, kind of like stuff we do here at 5979. So now that we got all the important stuff out of the way, now we can kind of really dive into where we want to go. So um, I was born on January 4th, 1993, so I will be turning 24 in January. And there's a little picture of me. <laughs> and so I, uh, but my, both of my parents who are in the house, you know, shout out to them, and they were both Christians before they met, and so I had the tremendous blessing of being raised in a Christian home. And so I grew up going to church, you know, right from the beginning, and we went to five different churches by the time I was in the fifth grade. And then the fifth grade is when we started attending Liberty. 
Now, in case any of you guys are wondering um, if I've always had this amazing Bible knowledge, I don't know how many of you were there a few years ago at camp when I destroyed in Bible trivia. So, in case you've wondered if I've always had this, the answer is, yes, I have. So, um, but... I really can't take all that much credit for it because, like I said, I was raised in a Christian home, raised in church. I attended private schools all the way up until I started college, so I had that reinforcing it. And then I also watched, I watched normal kids' TV shows, but I also love to watch Bible stories episodes. And would you guys like to see kind of a sample of what I watched? Oh, yeah. All right, let's uh, check it out for a second. In this particular one, they went uh, back in time, and then the three characters were experiencing the Bible stories. And so there were other ones that I watched as well, so that helped a lot. So uh, a, kind of a funny story illustrating my Bible knowledge. When, uh, before my parents were going to Liberty, when I was real little, my aunt was already attending here. And so she, I was spending the night one weekend with her, so she took me with her to church and dropped me off at Children's Church. And then when she came back to get me, I had cupped in my shirt bubble gum, like so much bubble gum, like I couldn't carry it in my hands. And so she asked me, Tony, where'd you get all the gum from? And so I told her, well, they were playing Bible trivia, and I just kept answering all the questions right. <laughs> and the really crazy thing about the story is that I didn't even really like bubble gum at the time. So I was just like, here you go, you can have it. I don't want it. So I got a useless prize for me, but I uh, just racked up so much of it. There you go, I guess so. So <laughs> anyway, so moving on from there. And then another thing, since I'm talking about my family, my upbringing and all that, hopefully all of you guys know that I have a brother, and he actually is here. Um, it is James. Yeah, come on up, James. Come on up for a second. It's amazing. I had someone in the last service, junior high. They were like, no way, you guys are brothers? So... This is my younger brother, four years younger. That picture right there, I was a freshman in college, and James was a freshman in high school. I know it's hard to believe. Thanks, James. <laughs> so you guys want to hear a funny story about James and I's brothers when we were little? All right. So, oh, yeah, have you heard this one, Dalton? So my brother and I, we, um, we had this kind of like game where I, he would let me tie him up because he was like this Houdini escape artist, okay? It didn't matter what I did. I used handcuffs. I used rope. I would try and tie him up, and he would always escape. So that was the game, kind of like try and do that so that he eventually couldn't get out. That, that was the goal. And then one day, it happened. So I got him. I, I was, we were in my room, had him to the chair, tied him up real good, and he was stuck. He could not get out. And so he started to freak out because this had never happened to him before. So he starts kind of, I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to get in trouble. Don't want, you know, mom and dad, you know, come in here and hear us. And so I'll, I'll untie you. And, but he was like, no, he was determined. I'm going to do this myself. So he started kind of like thrashing about, started, you know, yelling, making some noise. And mom hears it. So she comes in, you know, James is yelling. Mom's yelling, what are you guys doing? You know, so she's yelling, then I'm yelling. So it was just a big old mess. So eventually I had to uh, help him out and get him out of the chair. So because he is here today. So... <laughs> So there's a story for that. So let's go ahead and fast forward. Like I already told you, I attended private Christian schools for the entirety of my time until I started college at Kennesaw State University. 
And actually, I attended the same school for nine years, from kindergarten all the way through the eighth grade. And private schools, they tend to be a lot smaller uh, than public schools. For instance, in my eighth grade, I was only one of a total of nine eighth graders. There is a, um, here's a picture of us. I apologize, the quality's rough. It was straight out of my yearbook. But, so there you can see us, we're at the Renaissance Festival. You guys can see me, right, over here in the corner? And so, I don't think I really look all that much different. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, the haircut. Okay, but aside from that, I mean, that's pretty darn good since I was, you know, what, 14 at the time, you're younger, so it was nuts. So, age well, praise the Lord. I know, right? I don't think it was, there was not like a dress code. I think the kid in the back's wearing a green one too, but everyone was apparently wearing red, which perfectly illustrates my point, Shannon, because in high, in middle school, I really didn't fit in that well. As you can see, I'm standing out here, and because the, it was so small, we all kind of had to eat lunch together. We all had to kind of work on projects together and that sort of thing, but I knew in my heart that if my classmates could have chosen, they really wouldn't have wanted to hang out with me. And the reason for that is because I was just a little bit too Christian for them. Now, we all went to Christian school. We all went to church. But they were, you know, watching TV shows and movies that had more adult content in it, uh, like cussing and stuff like that. Me, I was good with cartoons, you know. They were listening to secular music that had, again, cussing, explicit material in it, that sort of thing. Me, I'm good with Skillet, you know, my other Christian music. And so it was hard for me to relate to them because of that. And so the Lord did bring me friends here in the youth group um, in middle school and then really in high school. But I felt isolated for most of my time in middle school and even through much of my high school Experience, And I remember uh, talking to my parents about this, sharing my frustration with them, and, and praying to God that he would send me friends. But through this, the Lord taught me a powerful uh, lesson, which is the first lesson that I want to share with you guys tonight for your handout. God is sufficient for our deficiencies. You see, the Lord was teaching me that even though I didn't have any friends at my school, that he, that Jesus, is the friend who sticks closer than a brother. The Lord was, and it, you know, he expanded this out into other relationships. When I was frustrated, you know, my parents are awesome, but when I was frustrated with them, the Lord taught me that even when my earthly parents fell short, I have a heavenly father who never, ever does, who I can always go to. And the Lord was teaching me that, you know, when I felt unloved and unwanted, because everyone else was in a dating relationship except me, Jesus was showing me in those moments that he is the lover of my soul. And so what I want to, and this wasn't anything anybody necessarily taught me. I would just go into my room and I would pray to God and I would just be honest with him and tell him, God, I'm frustrated. You know, I don't have any friends here. And then his presence would come in and he would speak to me and he'd be, son, I'm here. I will never leave you or forsake you. And so I just want to encourage you guys, in whatever area you may be currently experiencing a deficit, you may be experiencing a lack, it may be in these issues that I was just talking about, it could be in something else altogether, use that as an opportunity to deepen your relationship with God and allow Him to reveal Himself as sufficient in those areas. Amen? You guys with me? I 
know, it's heavy. All right, so let's, let's keep rolling in the story. That's lesson number one down. So now, as I said, I was born and raised in a Christian home, but how many of you guys know that that did not automatically make me a Christian? We do not have a faith like Judaism that you are just born into. You're born a Jew, you're automatically Jewish. Okay, in Christianity, though, it doesn't matter if your parents are Christian, it doesn't matter if your grandparents are Christian, it doesn't matter if you can trace it all the way back to Jesus' time. You have to make the decision for yourself that I am going to follow Jesus. And so that moment came for me at my very first youth camp. It was June 2005. Pastor Jason was giving an altar call, and I surrendered my life to Jesus. Now, like many of you guys that were raised in church, I'd prayed the sinner's prayer many times before, and uh, I had actually even been baptized prior to this date. But I really consider this my spiritual birthday because I had a greater awareness and a greater understanding of what it meant to be saved. And I'm going to just briefly give a, a brief snippet of what I understood at that time. To, um, so I realized that Tony in charge equals death, nothing but death, and that Jesus in charge equals life, abundant life. And you guys know, obviously, most of you, I'm assuming, know Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross for our sins because you and I could never, on our own righteousness, our own good deeds, be able to stand before a holy God and be entered into heaven into fellowship with him. But Jesus came, bore that for us, so that those who believe in him, believe that he died was buried and on the third day rose again and ascended to heaven and is coming back for his bride, that those of us that believe in that can have eternal life and can have our sins forgiven. So that's a brief snippet of that. So I just had a greater understanding of that, and so I surrendered my life to him then. So fast forward one year, so the end of seventh grade, Going into the summer, about to be an eighth grader, I started dating one of the girls in my middle school. And it was a summer of romance, because that's only as long as it lasted. So uh, she broke up with me, and it was all good, though, because it really wasn't, you know, we were young, it wasn't a, that serious relationship, so all from there. Then fast forward one more year, so I was a freshman in high school. This period is actually... Um, in between camp of 2008, so it was between my freshman and sophomore years of high school. But when I was a freshman and sophomore in high school, um, I developed a crush on a girl this time in our youth group, right here at 5979. And so we never officially started dating, but we were, quote, just friends. You know what I'm saying when I say we were just friends? We were dating without calling it dating. So that's basically what we were doing because we did more or less all the other things dating couples did. Thankfully, I had a loving mentor in my life who encouraged me that I needed to create some space with this relationship, that I needed to really, because it was becoming increasingly physical and uh, Jesus was no longer the central focus for me. And so after a lot of resisting, a lot of not wanting to do it, I took his advice and I ended that relationship. So, which leads me to the second point that I want, a lesson that I've learned that I want to share with you guys tonight, which is, there's the timeline, dating can be a distraction in middle and high school. Now, I know of only one couple that was like my peer, you know, my age bracket or younger, that dated throughout high school and then got married 
um, afterwards, and they're still doing good. So, and this, this isn't to say it doesn't happen. Maybe you guys know some people, but I'm just saying, youth group, middle school, high school, I know of one couple that went all the way in that respect. And so, and this isn't even just me saying this. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 32, but I want you to be free from concern. One who is unmarried is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. So the Apostle Paul here, he's talking about marriage. And marriage is good. It's ordained by God and everything like that. But he's saying that when you're married, your interests are divided. You're concerned no longer solely about Jesus, and you're concerned about your wife, your kids, your life, and that sort of thing, which is all well and good. But is this just a statement of fact? So when you are in middle and high school, and you guys are all in high school, so for me, my experience in those two relationships, ultimately they profited me nothing. They were just a major waste of time and a distraction. And then in the second relationship, that girl got really hurt in the situation too. So I'm not saying this, you know, to put a restriction on you guys. I'm not trying to say you're sinning and you're going to hell if you're dating. That's not the message. But I am trying to spare you guys that in middle and high school, again, I've seen one couple out of hundreds, you know, and so I just think you guys are better off not doing it in high school if you can wait. Now, as you guys know, I am currently engaged. I'm going to, to the most amazing woman on the planet, a.k.a. Sabrina Bentley. We are getting married on December 17th, 56 days away. Praise the Lord. So, would you guys like to hear a little bit about our story? Oh, the response in junior high was way better, but okay. I'll tell you guys anyway. I heard enough. So, so she and I met in the ninth grade, and... So, um, so we met in the ninth grade, and she developed a crush on me. I had no idea she had a crush on me, but she developed one on me. But as you guys remember from what I just shared in my story, when I was in ninth and tenth grade, I was kind of involved with that other girl. And so, yeah, I kind of broke her heart a little bit. She was sad. But she, made, she held on. You know, God worked it out. She held on through that whole mess right there. And so... Once I ended that relationship, I kind of noticed her because we were already friends and that sort of thing. And we all know she's gorgeous. I mean, that's, you know, obvious. But really the big thing that caught my attention was her godliness, that she was going full out after Jesus. I remember times, she was here during junior high, but I remember times where she would, she was so intense of, and, um, purposeful about coming to youth group, that even when she had a ton of homework, she'd bring the homework with her, work on the homework during junior high, and then be here for senior high. She dressed modestly. Ladies, the way to get a godly man, dress modestly. Godly guys notice that. You get the heathens the other way. So, and then um, we uh, went on mission trips to Jamaica together, and then we even ended up interning after high school. So, uh, now, but I was determined after my, the second relationship that I was not going to date again in high school. So uh, we didn't do that, but how, somehow or another she bamboozled me into t escorting her to the senior prom, uh, uh, to her senior prom uh, 
just as friends. And this one was legitimately just as friends. I mean, look at this picture. She looks gorgeous. She's got it all together. And then there's me. I mean, I, I'm a mess. Look at the hair. Horrible. Ugly tie. Baggy shirt. And then look. Look at this awkward space right in here, okay? That's exactly. That's exactly. That's what I was going for, Shannon. You see, because I was like, look, we're not dating. We're just friends. She asked me this on a strictly friends basis. I'm not trying to put my arm around her and, you know, give the devil room or anything like that. So no. But so that was us and prom. So now fast forward a little bit in time, get through high school. Pastor uh, Stefan and Pastor Micheline, they knew from talking to us separately that I kind of liked her, that she kind of liked me. And so they were like, well, these guys... You know, they like each other, but they don't know it. They haven't, like, sat down and talked. So he was like, you guys need to sit down and kind of, like, have a define the relationship talk and just kind of lay everything out on the table. So we did. We acknowledged, okay, I like you, you like me. And so, but that's not the end of the story. So the hindrance there was that I felt, after I had prayed before all that, and I felt the Lord wanted me to wait until three years through college before I started dating. Now, don't worry, I am not advising this to you. I'm not saying this is a rule for everybody. I only did it because I felt like the Lord wanted me to do it. So don't do it unless the Lord calls you to do it because it was hard. It was not fun. But we pretty much, we got through the three years. And then on April 4th, 2014, we went on our very first date. And there's a picture from it. So <laughs> now one of the things I want to highlight about our relationship real quick is that it was birthed out of, or the foundation of it was, she was pursuing Jesus, and I was pursuing Jesus. And I was attracted to the fact that she was going full on after God, and I was doing the same. And so God really just brought us together. And so, which leads me to our third point for your handout, pursue Jesus with everything you have now. You see, guys, this right here, this is the entire, the whole reason that I'm a youth pastor. It's the whole reason that I'm doing what I do right now. It's the whole reason I went and got my degree in history education, not because I'm super passionate about history, although I do love history, but I got it because I, would, I wanted to do anything it took that would enable me to be able to work with middle and high school age students so I could pour into your lives. Because I know how hard it is to be a teenager. I've just been sharing my whole teenage experience with you. And I knew how much it meant to have a loving person there who would listen to me and would give me advice who's gone before me and that sort of thing. And so that's the whole reason that I'm doing what I'm doing. And you guys have so much against you. You got, you know, relationship drama out the wazoo. You got it with your friends. You got it with people you don't like at school and that don't like you. You got it with your siblings. You got it with your parents. You got it with everywhere. So it's hard. It's hard going through what you're going through. And so I'm here to be a resource to you guys and to support you, to be a cheerleader and encourage you guys on. And you see, one of the biggest lies, though, one of the biggest things that hinders you guys in doing this is an, a lie of the enemy that says, play as teenagers and then get serious about your walk with Jesus when you're an adult. That is is a straight-up lie, and I'm here to correct it and set you guys free from that tonight. You and I, Luana said it so powerfully tonight in her word. You and I aren't promised tomorrow. You and I can't w afford to wait until we're adults to get it together and get it right. And you know why the enemy tells you guys that? Because like she said, 
this generation is a sleeping giant. And the devil knows that if you guys woke up, if your generation woke up, that you all have the ability to change the world for the kingdom of God through the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys want to be a part of that? Come on, I didn't say how many of you guys just want to see that. I said, how many of you all want to be a part of that tonight? Come on. Yeah, make some noise. So, like I said, my mission here is to get as many of you as possible to say yes to that call and then to help equip you so that you can go out there and change this world for God. Amen? All right. So, that went by pretty quickly. We're going to go ahead and bring it to a close And so, but I would like to minister a quick recap. So that brings us to the present. Here's our three lessons one more time. God is sufficient for our deficiencies. Dating can be a distraction in middle and high school. And lesson number three, pursue Jesus with everything you have now. If everybody would close your eyes, I want to pray for some groups in here tonight that fall into these three categories. If you're in this place tonight, And you are experiencing a lack right now. Leaders, you guys can go ahead and come on forward to while I'm praying. If you're experiencing a lack in any area, it could be that you don't have friends. It could be that you're having issues with your parents and you're not experiencing the love of the Heavenly Father. It could be whatever. If you're experiencing a lack in this place, but you now want to see Jesus as sufficient for that need, would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you in a minute? Amen. Amen. Hands going up everywhere. Praise God. All right, I'm going to pray for you guys in just a minute. You can put your hands back down. Second group, those of you, when I was talking about dating, and maybe you're currently in a dating relationship, but you know you shouldn't be. You know that it's not doing anything but distracting you from your walk with God. You know it's toxic, and you know it needs to go. Or maybe you're not dating, but you're just so consumed with wanting to be in a dating relationship, and you're so frustrated that you're not, and you feel unloved, but I just want to tell you that, ladies, guys, you do not need another person to complete you other than Jesus Christ. So if that's you in this place, would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you in a minute? Thank you, Lord. Hands everywhere, praise God. All right, you guys can put your hands down. My third group. I want to break this up into two. If you're in this place tonight and I was sharing what I learned when I gave my life to Jesus over a decade ago in June of 2005 and you've never given your life to Jesus and what I was saying resonated with you and you were like, yes, I need a savior. Yes, I want to give my life to this Jesus. Yes, I want to trade my death for his life if that's you. Would you boldly just put your hand up high in this place? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, you can put your hand down. Thank you. And then sec. On the other side, the rest of you who are saying you are saved in this place tonight, if you are not pursuing Jesus with everything you have and going full throttle after him, but after tonight's message, you say you came in this place like that, but you want to leave going full throttle after him. You want to go giving him everything. You want to leave it all on the court. If that's you in this place, would you raise your hand right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can put your hands down. Leaders, pray with me. Father God, I just pray for each of these three groups, Lord God. I just pray that you would move in a mighty way during this altar ministry time, Father God. I pray that those that are experiencing a lack or deficiency, Jesus, that you would come through and you would show yourself deficient.
sufficient, God. Sufficient for that area of deficiency, God. God, I pray for those second groups that need to cut off relationships. I pray you would give them the grace and the strength to do so. And for those, Lord God, that are feeling unwanted and unloved, Jesus, I pray that they would feel, Jesus, that you are the lover of their soul and they do not need any man or woman to complete them but you. And Lord Jesus, for the last uh, group, those that raised their hand and said, I want to pursue you with everything in this place, Jesus. I want to go completely after you. I pray that you would give them the grace to do it, that your Holy Spirit would fill them with power and with insight, Father God. And I pray that nothing would hinder them. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. So what we're going to do is the leaders are available. If you raised your hand and you want further prayer, please come see them. They're here for you. Um, particularly um, the person, though, that raised their hand for salvation. If you can come up, you can see me, you can see them. We'd love to pray for you, give you some resources to help you in this journey that you've just undertaken. It's amazing. And then, uh, if not, you guys are dismissed. We're going to have a youth-led worship practice. Um, Choir practice shortly, but uh, if you guys if you're, can just be respectful for those that are coming up for altar ministry. We love you guys. We'll see you next week at Youth Led. You're dismissed.